You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Badybar and Kevin Gisheski. Each week, we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. And more weeks than not, we're joined by special guests to add additional perspective to our topics. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found on virtually any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Hey, Bob, what are we doing today? Kevin, I think we're going to jump right into it. We're going to talk about what does internet censorship mean to us in 2018? Censorship's been around for a really long time, but there's been a lot of hot topics in the interwebs these days about censorship and all kinds of good stuff. So we're going to talk about that and uh, possibly some other happenings from around the worldwide world. So I'm Bob Bittybar, and our other host tonight is... Me, <laughs> I say should hello, probably say Kevin. my name. Hello, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think with that, uh, I'm gonna tip it on over to you to give us some educational setup and uh, drop some wisdom on the fans. All right. Well, I appreciate the uh, the setup there and the the notion that I might provide value to the listener. So appreciate all that, but I probably will disappoint by time for about 60 minutes into this. But uh, let me uh, try to further set the table here. So been a lot of going ons with uh, some censorship in the news. Uh, The big case in front of us is InfoWars has gotten kicked off pretty much everything. And we'll get into the details of- Alex Jones and interdimensional child molesters. Yeah, that. Um, What I kind of want to talk about today is, has censorship evolved at all? Um, Do the social media platforms, do they accept the fact that they actually do have to, um, you know, throttle the content based on certain things? Or are they still playing this? Well, we're just the platform. You guys provide the content. We're going to be hands off. So we'll talk about that. Um, And I want to kind of read some some definitions of words um Ooh, that'll that's, kind that's of, my favorite you know, yeah i'm gonna kevin will read from wikipedia on the podcast <laughs> that's right um we might give away a promotional tinfoil uh hat um during the show i big shout showed, out to super fan kyle for yep. saying that that actually could be yep. show merchandise um we we can we can even autograph those but the funny thing is, is you and I are not co-located, so we'd have to figure out, wait, how do we get both signatures on there at the same time? Okay, I digress. Um, and then I kind of want to, maybe if we get to it and have times, what if we took a time machine? Actually, no, not a time machine. Alternate reality is kind of like a, a fun Hollywood genre. And you see things like when Nazi Germany on Netflix maybe took over uh, the United States in the Man in the Red Castle, I think it's what it's called. It's a, it's a show on Netflix. So if Nazi Germany um, were kind of thrown in here, and I know that's like inflammatory, like, you know, subject say, matter. We're going to bring the Nazis into this episode, um, like a, a mere three minutes in. Well, well, so something to ponder, and we'll get to, I hope, is if Nazi Germany were what it was today, what it was then, would they be on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter? And whatnot, and it's just a thought experiment, well, and it's not well, all right. But, weird, let's, but. Let, let's use that as a jump-off point because okay. I've been thinking about this a lot, and the scope of all of these internet platforms, like the scope of Facebook, the scope of Twitter, the scope of YouTube. I mean, it's giant, yes, but how is it any different than localized like propaganda from you know back in the days where it was? Guys on horses riding from town to town, spreading what the news was. And I can see that Kevin's frozen, so I'm not getting a response from him right now. <laughs> so I'm going to carry this a little bit until he comes back. Maybe we'll edit this out, maybe we won't. Oh, there he is. I see him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I get for... Um trying to be all sneaky and googling the definition of propaganda as as you do that and it still hasn't come up so let me hit refresh here um so i assume you said something very intelligent and i heard the word propaganda so let's start with but did you hear the really intelligent part about guys on horses riding from town to town 
No, uh, let's hear it again. Okay, so what I was saying is, you know, those properties are big, but how is that any different than when news was spread basically on horseback from town to town? You're basically believing the pipeline that you're getting. Yes, I think you bring up a good point because um, we have instant information available today and we didn't even 20 years ago, if, or let's go 25 years ago for sure. You know, we just, you know, if you want to get your news, you'd pull out the newspaper and it had a, you know, you, you wanted to believe it. And, you know, I've even had this thought experiment about a history book. You know, we all go to grade school and we all sit in history and high school and middle school and we read everything out of there as fact. It happened. You cannot dispute it. This happened. And I don't want to get all conspiracy theory because I'm not say, that we guy. Are, we are six minutes in now, and this is probably our most controversial episode to date. But we, <laughs> we take we take on faith that what we read in those books is true and accurate, knowing full well that history is written by who? The winner. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's basically like, well, this is how we want to remember it, and we put it in the books. Um, so that aside... Um, all right. So, so, we, you look up, so, so you're going to read your first definition of the show, propaganda. Yes. And so it is defined as propaganda is information that is not objective and is used primarily to influence an audience and further an agenda, often presenting facts selectively to encourage a particular synthesis perception or used, using loaded language to produce an emotional rather than a rational response to the information presented. Wow, that was a mouthful. But that sounds to me like the word, I heard the word facts in there. So an element of propaganda has to contain some element of fact? Selectively. Um, yeah, so. but selected fact. So I can say, okay, the moon is round, but it's also made of blue cheese is that what well, i said green cheese well what do they uh, say <laughs> yeah but i think it's even more nuanced than that you put in there what i would say is a known falsehood let's go ahead and say it the same way and say the moon is uh very far away but you don't say that it's round you know that it's round but you don't say it's round because you don't want people to think that it's round you want to push the idea that it's square like spongebob SquarePants. the moon is square it's not round so even though you're not saying any falsehoods. The omission of a truth is also part of propaganda. And so the you, element of fact in that is that it's far away. Yes. And, you know, so selectively choosing, cherry picking facts, all which can be true and there's no falsehoods, can be forged into your, to, to being a biased argument to make your point. Okay. So... We haven't even gotten to the censorship issue yet with the information, but let's take this up a next level. So who is it that decides that my omission of the fact that the moon is round is harmful or deserves to be stopped? Well, it's all about perspective, and we're all loaded with bias. We all have our view of the universe, the direction we want it to go, et cetera, et cetera. So if I... If I want to believe, or want you to believe that the moon is square, it's a cube, for lack of a better term, and I just, I don't have to tell you that it's round, even though I might have evidence that it's round, I just leave that out and kind of throw my hands up and give you that look like, well, you never know. You know, kind of, we're, we're letting you draw your own conclusion by giving you part of the facts and letting your imagination fill in the blank, which the human mind loves to do. So people sit on the outside and look at you broadcasting your harmful message of the cubed moon. And people say, Kevin's flipping crazy. So no harm, no foul. Let's let Kevin scream from the mountaintops that the moon is a cube. Right. When, when does, is it a sheer factor of numbers who also believe that the moon is a cube that it becomes potentially harmful i want to say it's a consensus so when the society because we're, we're like judging everyone in a court of public opinion all the time when society says no 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 that's that's just wrong the problem is is you, you usually can't see it coming it's like the supreme court justices say well how do you know it's obscene and they look at you and you go well, i don't know 
Oh I'll, shit! I at the ten minute mark. <laughs> at the ten minute mark, we're debating obscenity. Dun, 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 dun. Well, I mean, so full disclosure, I was editor in chief of my high school newspaper, and these sorts of things are things that come up all the time because when the school censures you, you're like, "Oh, they can't do that." When the reality is, is actually they can. Um, so now we're starting to get more into the crux of the matter because the so it's not that you're a minor, it's not that you work for a paper, it's that you work for a school newspaper, and the school actually has the ability to control the message. Yeah, and that's that's a really deep un, or layered onion there. Number one, you're not 18, so you technically don't have rights, you know, uh, like but, an adult. But can the same exist in the adult world for, let's say, a newspaper? If you were working for a newspaper and you were writing a repeated, you know, like a long running, what do you call it, a column about mm-hmm. how the moon is a cube, could your newspaper choose to not run that story? 100%. Yes, they can. And the freedom in here in America, the freedom of speech is only a protection between you and your government, period, end statement. The perception in America is that you have the freedom to speak because you're an American and that is not true. We have a spirit that that's true, but the only law in the books is, is the government can't oppress you, period, end statement. A private company can absolutely do that. Okay. Even a public company could. That's so not then, government owned. Right. So now we're getting more into the social media outlets and the exercising of their deeming what is harmful, what is misinformed and what is misinforming. So there's a difference between misinformed and misinforming. Am I correct in that statement? Yeah, so if I play um, armchair psychologist and say, you know what? You know what humans are- Neither one of us are uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, experts in human behavior, any way, shape or form. Oh yeah, and the thoughts of Bob and Kevin on the Bob and Kevin show (laughs) are exclusively Bob's and Kevin's. So, would you, here, would you agree with me that it is very difficult to attain trust? I think it's the pinnacle of just every relationship. And so it's, yes, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to attain, but easy to lose. Would you agree Correct. with those? 100% would agree. 100%. Okay. So if, if you want to push an agenda, I would say the easiest way to do so is to dislodge that trust in the thing that you want to attack. And an uh, uh, acronym we hear a lot these days is FUD, F-U-D, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So if you can inject those three things into a platform where you have a lot of eyeballs and whatnot, I believe you'll be very successful at eroding trust. And Ladies and gentlemen, you- Alex Jones here telling you that the mainstream media is just <laughs> filling everything with FUD, fear, something, and distrust. <laughs> well, the- <laughs> And, and I think that's all you really have to do in order. You don't have to prove a point. It's just like uh, Alex murder. Jones impersonations suck really bad, by the way. But I think you should keep doing it. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's like murder conviction. You need um, to be, you're guilty only if it's beyond a reasonable doubt. So I would say that when, you, when you're trying to, um, you know, uh, direct the voting populace, all you have to do is insert doubt that Hillary Clinton it would be good or not. Uh, uncertainty that she would be good or not. You have to put fear that Donald Trump's going to nuke, you know, somebody on a Saturday morning because he, you know, got some sort of weird Twitter up his crawl. So I don't know. So I would posit to you that the the good actors want to be trust, build trust with you, where the bad actors, they, they have the easy job. All they have to do is erode your trust and they've got fear, uncertainty, and doubt that all they have to do is inject um, on a platform or multiple platforms. And it puts so much uncertainty. It, basically, I would say it's easier for them to, to take away your trust than it is for somebody to build it. Therefore, we have, I think, our current society where it's, like, it's very negative and it's, we, we all aren't sure what is <laughs> the right news. What is fake news? And that brings us brings me to my next point: is, gosh, we live in an era where truth is debatable, and maybe we've always lived in that era, but it's very obvious to me now. Well, I, that's interesting because I think that goes back to my my dudes on horseback delivering what the truth is. It becomes regional, and it becomes as far as you can spread that regional truth. I mean, th- there's no doubt that the element of the other you know, the, you know, it's us against them. 
has been around since the beginning of time. And when there isn't that mass communication, the, you know, the home team becomes much more centralized, but I still don't understand, like, I mean, it's really not any different except for the scale. So okay. you can have an entire town living in, you know, like, let's go back to way, 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 way back. You know, people who, who thought the earth was round were like, you, you know, flat. Fake, no, the way back to, in time, the people who thought the earth was round, that was hashtag fake news. Oh, gotcha. So those right. people were, you know, those people were banned from social media of the time. They were outliers. They were others. And, and that's who the people Alex Jones will point to is, is saying, look, we need conspiracy theory people because if it weren't for Galileo, we would, or in uh, Copernicus, we would think the, the earth is the center of the universe and et cetera. So yes, continue. So, well, we're using InfoWars as a, a case in point here because I think it is a very interesting one. To the best of my knowledge, and you go ahead and help me out here if you can, there was not a single recent incident that got them taken off of, and we can talk about this a little bit more too, allegedly Apple was the first one to make the move and then everyone followed suit, which really Apple wasn't the first to make a move. They were first to say they were, they were the first to flinch, basically. So, but what, what, what led to it? Do we know? So full disclosure, I'm not an InfoWars uh, subscriber, follower, nor Alex Jones. So you're right. I don't, I don't know. So anything that I do know is actually, here's what I do know that he's, they've been banned from the, the main platforms. And when I, it actually had a really shitty or kind of a bad side effect because I'd never really seen InfoWars. Guess what Kevin did? Checked out InfoWars. I went and checked out InfoWars. He was like, oh, what's all the fuss about? And that, that's you know kind of expected that that would happen. So I'm sure they got a bump there. But when I got there, I felt that it was sheer and utter the definition of propaganda. And I think Apple taking a stand is great, but what they use to say it violated our terms, I think, is along the lines of hatred, yada yada yada. But that's stuff so abstract because I can say I hate cheese. You know, you know, does it matter what noun that I put at the end of that? Obviously, I, I don't promote hate or anything like that. But there, there's certain words you can put together in the English language that will get you banned. And apparently they did that. Well, I think that that's what they used a, a formulaic approach to that to get them off because people were calling for it. But the crazy thing is, all right, so also full disclosure, not a subscriber to InfoWars, not a follower of InfoWars, but because of some of the other entertainment outlets that I consume, I'm fairly aware of Alex Jones and some of his outside of InfoWars um, goings on. And he was, uh, I think within the past year, maybe if, if anything was less than 18 months ago, was in court because he was going to lose his kids. And basically in court of law, family court admitted that he was in the entertainment business did not claim that his his outlet was news at all and that he was playing a character. Sounds so, like a legal strategy, right? Well, it either could be a legal strategy, but actually people close to him believe that it's true. So I get so I'm full disclosure. I grew up a huge WWF, WWE fan, <laughs> and and uh Learning that that's not real. Spoiler alert, by the way, uh, <laughs> those aren't real outcomes. So, wrestling are, fans, don't add us, please. Are we no, equating Alex Jones to an entertainer like a wrestler is? In well, some if if there's form? sports entertainment, why couldn't there be news entertainment? Well, isn't that what who uh, uh, Stephen Colbert is and John Oliver? They have said that that's what they are, but they actually are much more hard-hitting news than, let's say, an InfoWars and Alex Jones. So you would agree with me that InfoWars and Alex Jones is, is ban-worthy, but we don't necessarily know how to put together a policy or language to describe the difference between all these nuances. Would you agree with that? Oh, see, that's such a slippery slope, though. So has, has their network totally supported preposterous storylines and yes. <laughs> and uh and narratives that are just so so far out of reality that you know i don't even know how they they even pretend to take themselves seriously yes 
Do people follow them and believe that everything that they say is newsworthy? Yes, but I don't know. I mean, if we ran a network, and this was something that we talked about earlier, if there was a Bob and Kevin network, would we carry their crap? Hell no. But Right, but what does that policy look like? I'm just curious, and I don't mean to bust your chops because I'm having trouble myself going, well, it, that, we're going to ban that. We'll put that into words so that that's banned and Stephen Colbert and John, or let's go with John Oliver. John Oliver isn't. You know, how, how do you separate signal from noise in that case? And that's a really tough one. And that's something that I wanted to bring up later in the show as well, because it's like, just because you and I think it's preposterous and ridiculous that there are people who believe it. And so does it make those people ban worthy? Or do we give them an out because they're sheep? Well, or we, so, I'm sorry, because I believe they're sheep. Sorry. Well, I don't. So Jack Dorsey from Twitter um, took a lot of lumps in the media and on his own platform for not banning InfoWars immediately. And just today, they banned him for seven days. Um, so God, was that today? Uh, today has been an awfully long day. <laughs> yeah, it has. Uh, so, so from what I understand, Jack's, point of view is it's a slippery slope we shouldn't ban people just because we disagree with them but i would also say that twitter is ground zero for discourse and if there's no conflict there may be no twitter to be honest and i think that jack honestly believes that because i've heard him mention discourse many many a time but in the same token i mentioned this to you earlier so this this episode's actually the closest that we have had to our regular like day-to-day conversations. So this part so far is pretty fucking cool. Um, (laughs) We talked about it today earlier that I said, well, I think the reason why he's so hesitant because he just doesn't have enough ban hammers to go through. And I mean, if InfoWars gets banned, then what's stopping him from banning literally millions of other users right so so if we know if we look at it as a scale like a gradient where we've got the uh the nuns on the left who will never get banned you know the convent handles they're never getting banned and then on the far right we've got maybe like uh serious like russian trolls and info wars on the right so as you start banning from that that side with, with Infowars, at what point do you stop the ban? You have to always define what's the, what's the, the line between ban and not ban. And I don't think you can easily define that. Well, so I recently saw, of course, on somebody else's social media, there is a matrix that the media, some media conglomerate that measures the news. Like there, it's, a, it's just a media measurement I'll have to look it up and put it in the show notes um, when we post the episode, but it's a matrix and it's, you know, it's a, it's a grid. So there's, you know, your horizontal axis and your vertical axis, and you would love to be the closest to the, you know, the way they have it is weird. The the place where you want to be is closest to the top middle, you know, so not a middle middle, but so there's info wars on the far right. Like they occupy the far right quadrant, but then there's liberal media that occupies just as far from the top and the center on the other side. So does Jack need to start to ban those? Does YouTube need to start to ban those? Because on their surface, oh no, they're, they're, they're flowery liberal and they're, but they're also just as dangerous because they're also not telling the truth. Right, your personal politics. I, I, in full disclosure, I'm a firm believer that both sides of the political spectrum here in America have malicious intent on the far ends, both of them. There's no great, you know, intentions on when you get to those both extremes. There's just, they're, they, they play the game. They do the propaganda thing. Of course, nobody likes it when I use the word propaganda because that, that sounds like a, you know, a rogue state or Nazi Germany, Joseph Goebbels, you know. Um, but Let's be honest. I just read the definition. That's propaganda, yeah. guys <laughs> or and gals. So and that's pretty much everywhere. Um, so I'm going to read you another definition real quick, if you don't mind. Just, okay, good, because my head's about to explode. So yes, please read a definition. The term is brainwashing. Brainwashing, also known as mind control, menticide, coercive persuasion. Thought control, thought reform, and reeducation is a concept that human. Mo- uh, 
that the human mind can be altered or controlled by certain psychological techniques. Brainwashing is said to reduce the subject's ability to think critically or independently to allow the introduction of new unwanted thoughts and ideas into their mind, as well as change his or her attitudes, values, and beliefs. So let me ask you this. If I say that fear, uncertainty, and doubt, FUD, is very prevalent, is that also a modern version of brainwashing? And is the transmission method social media? Uh, I think that... Yes. So you've got social media and you've got the 24-hour news networks. I think those two things combined totally would constitute brainwashing because I don't care which one of those channels you watch. It's a repetition of similar messaging over and over and over again. And it becomes, you know, in your social media bubbles the same way. So you have a news channel bubble. I don't care if you're flipping, I guess if you're flipping every, you've got some automatic channel flipper. But even the way that they organize the networks now, the way they all copy off each other, they're all covering the same topic from different angles at the same time slots of the day. And so Twitter I'm, and all the social media does the same thing. It's an I'm going to mess up the paraphrase, but basically a politician uh, sees a crisis and they, they go to their team and say, okay, guys, what's our version of the truth? And then they get it out. And that's just so depressing to hear that, oh my gosh, truth isn't absolute. <laughs> you know, it's, it's our version of the truth. That just, that just blew my mind when I first heard that. It'd be good to have Kevin Long on here again to be talking about that because he trains, you know, athletes and politicians on how to message all the time. So, um, so their version of the truth. So, uh, so we have propaganda, we have brainwashing, and, and your, your traditional conspiracy theorist is going to always blame the government, chemtrails, aliens, you name it. But I would, I would posit to you in 2018, the people who are pulling off propaganda and brainwashing are people who have lots and lots of followers on their Twitter or their, or insert certain platform here. And I will, I will bring you to the next term that I have. Are you familiar with the bully pulpit effect? Mildly. It's a very simple concept. Think of a a pastor in a church preaching to the congregation. When the pastor says it, the congregation believes it more because they're sitting up in a position of authority. They are. So when you have lots of followers or let's say you are running a company and you say something immediately, I think psychologically through the bully pulpit effect, people believe you more than they would somebody who has two followers. And I hate to admit it, but when somebody um, says something and I'm hmm, not sure how I feel about this, what do I do? Well, I go see what the profile says and hmm, you know, what's, the, what's the reaction going on here? Hmm, do I want to step in this mud or not? Ooh, I don't. They have 100,000 followers and they have 1,000 likes. Guess what? They win because I don't need the pain. (laughs) Well, let's take that back to the old timey reference again. So I'm in a small town and my mayor or my pastor minister from his bully pulpit tells us how we're supposed to believe and interact with our outside world. Outsider comes into town who is far more worldly and educated than my mayor or my minister and is trying to tell us how things are and really are in the world, but we don't believe him because we've been told by the person that we hold in high esteem in our little town. So it's the same thing where if you have a social media bubble or you're drowning yourself 24-7 in info wars, you're going to believe with those friendly faces that you believe are your friends are telling you on the TV every day. So um, I'm almost afraid to put you on the spot like this, but I'm going to. Um, so we got Alex Jones and Infowars. Have you ever listened to Sean Hannity? Oh, ever? yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't understand why. I mean, dude makes like $37 million a year spitting almost the same trash. Well, he only makes makes that to pay off his, uh, pay off his sexual harassment suits. And and maybe his lawyer who, uh, who he just got advice from. Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, I, I, I spin the dial and here in where I live, you'll only get conservative. That's just the way it is here. There's, there's no such thing as equal radio time here. There, you get only conservative all day, every day. And listening to him, I believe he is a master of FUD. He is a spin doctor extreme. So they get metrics. All these, all these outlets get metrics. 
you know, even the, you know, if you're a high social media influence and you're paying for, you know, a service, it's going to give you metrics on your followers. You're going to get demographics. You're going to get regional. You're going to get all this kind of stuff. All those outlets get them as well. And they will hone the message to grow that, to cultivate that crop of listeners. So they find those hot button topics, that fear, that uncertainty, that, uh, I always want to say death, but it's doubt, (laughs) fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So, I mean, I get it's, it's weird because we talk about, you know, the daily show or we talk about, you know, those comedy, you know, comedy news entertainment, even though they're hard hitting news, they have writers. So in those news outlets, they have writers too. You know, they have people behind the scene cultivating the message. That on-air personality is not really cultivating that message. They're just the delivery vehicle. They're the pretty packaging. They're the lack of stuttering. They're the highly accomplished, charismatic, passionate delivery vehicle for that crafted truth. That just drives me nuts. So I, if, if I could posit the, the actual intent of InfoWars and a Sean Handy, it would be to erode trust, which we know is easy to do. And what will actually end up happening, trust will shift from A to B. Because if you listen to the same message, brainwash propaganda over and over and over again, you start to have almost like a Stockholm syndrome with your captor, your mental captor. You start believing what they're saying and you're like, wow, I actually trust this person because one standard uh, item in their playbook is, is I'm bringing you this information, guys. I'm bringing you this fear and certainty doubt because it's the truth and you should trust me because I'm the only one willing to tell you what's wrong. And it's very powerful. It's super powerful. But then, okay, so then we've identified elements. I mean, it's really, they're almost cult-like definitions. Actually, we should, if you could queue up one of the definitions of cult, we'll touch on that a little bit but it's like so once again as as a a twitter as a youtube as a facebook um as an amazon amazon just which is blows my mind amazon just within the past two weeks possibly 10 days possibly seven days um removed all nazi related products and nazi symbolism products from their marketplace this is 20 fucking 18. How <laughs> did that take so long? Well, I, I believe you can buy plenty of Confederate things, or maybe you can't now, but that was a thing until very recently. I wonder but, if they're still on there, and I wonder if that's the next peg in the... I mean, oh, it's so well, weird. But that is such a thing. So I don't see Nazi flags here in America, thank God, but I, I see tons of stars and bars around here. You don't watch the news enough then because in that rally that they just had in Charlottesville again this past weekend, the one-year anniversary, they well, had Nazi flags mixed with the U.S. colors. Hello. Okay, I did see those. I guess I was going for an in-person. Fortunately, I don't see them oh. in person. Oh, yeah. Whew. But what we do have here is the Klan. Uh, it's kind of bars. The Klan's pretty big in these parts, uh, sadly. And uh, I oh, have that... And how the fuck does that still exist in 2018? How? Uh, basically, you run through the playbook. You erode the erode trust through FUD, and you start gaining trust. And you can I, I'm convinced with enough media and uh, literature, you can convince anyone that the moon is square and it's, it's a cube. Even though you can look up there and see it, it is not square. You can do it. I am. In fact, maybe we should try doing that to people. You just define the flat earth movement right there. You just defined it, except it's a little sketchier because you can look in the sky and see the round moon. So, but I'm telling you based on these techniques, I'm, I'm certain Bob and Kevin show can get on the square moon train and we will get some followers that will start believing this if we, if we pull it off just right. You could ask my uncle Tom if he's listening, because uh, you know this is a, a big family listen show. Uh, he knows that one of my goals since childhood was to run a cult. So, <laughs> all right, great segue, Bob, because I'm going to read you the definition right here. The term cult usually refers to a social group defined by its religious, spiritual, or philosophical beliefs, or its common interests in a particular personality, object, or goal. 
Bob, that's a that's a very broad term, <laughs> wouldn't you think? It's super broad, and I think it defines anyone who follows any political ideology at this point in time, and almost news network. If you if you belong to any group, <laughs> you are in a cult by that definition. Um, so I would say that's a very broad term, um, and there's a lot of cult-like things. And if I could add personal definition there, I would also add the fact that the the group itself pr- wants to control the message and wants to prevent you from outside influence. Yeah. And the charismatic leader aspect too. Oh yes. David Koresh, you know, uh, the, the hail bop comet people. I forget what, what those, what that call was. They come up all the time and it's, but it, okay. So let's, let's, let's uh, cast the uh, line in the, in the river of discussion here and catch the, the original intent of this topic, which was censorship now that we've kind of outlined the the methods to which people communicate in general, because those same methods that FUD is actually used by people who aren't talking those hot button topics, um, but more legitimate people, I think, are 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 less FUD as opposed to more FUD, which would be your Alex Jones, which is all FUD. So. Um, how do you define how, do, how moving forward? How does Facebook, YouTube, and Apple, Twitter, you name it, how do they put it in a paper that sorts out them, but it doesn't collect up people who are generally curious whether or not we landed on the moon? Well, all right. So, but that's a great question. And it's like we know that YouTube has done kind of like this hybrid thing where they sit on high. But then they also have the community component where if someone is offended enough by your content, they can give you a strike. And if mm-hmm. enough of those people get offended by your content, content, then the automatic ban kicks in. Right. So, but I, I think that's a flawed methodology because just because I'm offended by your message, it doesn't really, I mean, everyone's going to be offended by something at one point or another. So where does the truth lie when everyone's offended? Right. And if there's a flag button, I can write a, a botnet to go push the button until you, your message goes away and mine comes to the front. Right. And so I, I think if we got to look at those, those uh, companies as platforms, are they platforms that are completely open? Or which, if you listen to Zuckerberg, he did not want to say that, hey, uh, yes, no, I don't, you know, they kind of hands up, we're a platform, we don't actually define the content. But I think that turned into such a slippery slope. I think they can't just be platforms. And if they uh, want to model their, their users and their groups, I think that's a great idea. And I think they can constrict that as tight as they want to. And if people feel like, hey, I, I'm wrongly getting caught by the dragnet here, they can go to another platform. The problem is, is there's collusion among the platforms. Right. right? They're all owned by the same people. Well, but you know, it's, it's no coincidence that they all kicked off Infowars right. all at the same time. They saw what they, you know, Apple did it. People kind of looked around and go, well, how's the media? How, how's the public doing? Then Facebook did it. And then, you know, Twitter's the lone holdout going, wait a second, guys, are we really, are we really doing this? And Jack got piled on and, I was not happy. I, quite frankly, I wanted Jack to uh, ban InfoWars, but his point still does resonate with me. Where is the, okay, great, we're going to ban them, but where do we stop? And that's the problem. I don't think you can. And you're going to have to step on toes. So the weird thing is, and someone, you'll have to help me on this, because, all right, so if I'm on YouTube and I'm in InfoWars and I have 100,000 subscribers or whatever their subscriber total was, I have no idea. I'm sure it was high they were obviously able to be monetized. Oh yeah. That's so, probably the problem. So if I'm in InfoWars and I'm monetized, I have to bow to the will of the platform because they're paying me. Oh but, man. But what happens, what happens if I say, okay, that's fine. YouTube. I don't, I get your rules. Stop monetizing me. I just want to get my message out there. Is that different? Um, like, Twitter doesn't monetize, does it? You you can't monetize not, Twitter not really. account. No. Not directly. Your your monetization is you have eyeballs, and then it's up to you right. to 
profit drive off those. Your, right, eyeballs. drive them to your patron page, all that kind of stuff. So, of course, YouTube has to answer to its sponsors. So if their sponsors are like, hey, no, 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 you will not show my stuff on there, they can do that. And that will totally influence YouTube's decision, I think. So let's be, let's a couple things about YouTube. YouTube's still not profitable. It is a nonprofit. Or it is, it's not, not, it is a for-profit company that has not yet made money. Is it in the black or the red? It's in the red. And they strut, this is why they keep moving the carrot, you know, why they only monetize certain channels. So they're totally sensitive to, well, crap, uh, we can't do this because of that. And our sponsor said we want more of this. And so we got to do that. So they are really caught, I think, over there at YouTube on, on the going ons. Um, but I'm, you bring up a good point. They're kind of, uh, the platform has to have some sort of terms, right? Well, I sent you this and I'll read it for the, the group here. InfoWars has its own terms of service, shockingly. Yes, you know, we did talk about this. There's yeah. actually things you can and can't do on the InfoWars website. And I've got a screenshot in case they ever change this. Um, but uh, one of the clauses in there is, remember, you are a guest here. It is not censorship if you violate the rules and your post is deleted. All civilizations have rules. And if you violate them, you can expect to be ostracized from the tribe. And it's real funny. As soon as they got banned, you know, in mass, they changed their logo on their website to their normal logo with a censorship, you know, like word across their badge or whatever you call it. And I just thought, <laughs> wow, that's so hypocritical. But when you bring up the thing that maybe they're just entertainment, God, this does feel like a WWE Vince McMahon. Uh, it's totally WWE. Thing. I mean, but the problem is when I was young, and I was a fan of WWE. If you told me it was fake, I told you to fuck off because I swore to God that those entertainers were putting it on every single day. Now, if it was real, there's no way they could actually do that night after night after night because they'd be dead. But right. But there's but Infowars the same way. People believe that it's real, and and you can't tell them it's not. So Orson Welles, uh, famously, I believe it's Orson Welles. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, read War of the Worlds on the live radio yes, broadcast and created was. Pandemic. Knowing full well it was entertainment, everyone created, you know, or got, you know, panic. I think, he created, modem- I think he created pandemonium, not a, uh, not a uh, continent spreading disease, which is. Okay, a- thank you. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, not a pandemic, a panic. Okay. Yeah. Panic, anyway. Pandemonium panic, whatever, whatever baby bar. Um, <laughs> so are you saying that maybe this is all this guy's doing is stirring the pot up as entertainment because that's going to be a hard sell, isn't it? I think that it probably started that way and it got out of control. Like it took a life of its own and they couldn't stop the train because I believe at the beginning it was just him. It wasn't filling a 24 hour news cycle. It wasn't. And then all of a sudden they had other co-hosts and other anchors and they were adding show slots. And I think that it took a life of its own. I'm not defending this guy at all. Please, please understand that. But it's just the fact that, and that's where I got to earlier in the conversation is like, what makes it harmful? When does it become harmful? Is it, a, is it a number of people who believe and buy in and spread the harm that was unintentionally started? Well, that's a great question. I would like to point out for the casual listener that the Bob and Kevin show started on the YouTube uh, platform. And we actually left there because we felt we were being um, censored and copyright. I mean, not so much censored, but more copyright. Just they're being dicks. Uh, and, I'm pretty sure when they shut our show down in the middle that one time, that was censorship. Okay. 100% true. Uh, <laughs> so to relive that, uh, we were doing a live stream. And they shut us down in the middle of our live stream because they detected some sort of video thingy that you know we were using for fair use, but they shut us down mid mid-sentence literally so why did we move to the podcast because i think we have more freedom here so my question to you is should infowars simply stay on their own channels on their own website and i I know apple and google play store still allow their apps those have not been banned right that was the get out so right they're not carrying their podcast feed 
but you can still download their app, which carries their podcast feed. Which, to be honest, if you want to be InfoWars and Alex Jones and you have your own distribution network, good for you. Don't expect me to participate in it. And I think that's what Apple, they don't want to syndicate it. Okay, we get it. Yep, you've got your own podcast, but we have no interest in rebroadcasting it. However, your app, for whatever reason, we're going to just, yeah, we're because that's going to be tucked over here. Maybe nobody will see it, I guess. Right, but if they're using combinations of words and phrases to identify their broadcast is containing hate speech. I think that's the crutch that they're standing on, right? The hate speech aspect. Well, if that's the case, why why does Apple Music allow certain songs? Well, that's also another... See, this is that's what we're saying. This is a giant, <laughs> giant slippery the mud, man. Um, it's gross. So we had okay, and and full disclosure, I'm not obviously not a woman, um, but the Me Too movement, I don't understand why it's okay for us to have songs that totally de- dehumanize women on all these music platforms, and the Me Too movement seems to not affect it. Uh, I'm just, just going to say that's super interesting. And I'm going to say interdimensional child molesters, Alex Jones here. We need to get well, back to Alex Jones. <laughs> um, so the song that really bothers me is, I think his name is a bulldog. Is that right? And the, the, <sighs> Great. You're not going to let this go. <laughs> no. Well, there's, there's a phrase where, you know, um, it, he says something like to the effect of, uh, but if, uh, but if, he, if she says no, uh, you know, I bet she will, you know, if she says right. no, I bet she will or something like that. And, they, and the song is called Timber. You know, it's implied that you just got to keep, keep chopping at that. And, and my so guess would be, my guess would be if anybody listened to the lyrics of the songs that they think they love, they would be mortified. Right. Well, I, I mean, and again, I'm not picking on him or the Me Too movie. All I'm saying is, is we're a bit hypocritical in our application of decency. Are we not? And I, I hate to keep going back to this, but it's like, okay, so when, so when we, we come up with these rules, where's the line drawn? Is it a soft line? Is it a, is it a cumulative effect line? Is it a mass appeal I, line? I, I think the answer is truly whimsical. For lack of a better term, whimsical. It's Apple was going to do this because it, it, it's it's going to, well, we need the music, so we're going to keep that around because we get paid pretty good. Huh? But Infowars, yeah, we don't get paid in our podcast or anything. Hey, we can make a political statement if we just kick them off, guys, and we can we can monetize in that way. And now you may say, well, <laughs> Kevin, are you really supporting Infowars? If I say, hell no, I'm not. But uh, what I'm saying is, is, I don't think you can really make sense of all this in the matrix no. actually all add up correctly. I don't think you can. No, and I think that's what we're pointing out is that they're going to have a real hard time applying that same standard of conduct to something that's more mainstream, more popular, and probably honestly just as damaging. So I, I do feel because, uh, you know, Silicon Valley and, and thereabouts is liberal leaning and InfoWars is, I, actually, I don't even know what Info. I, I would assume they are conspiracy theorists. Uh, uh, I think they're libertarian and conservative because I, I saw some of their headlines like, they're basically like liberals are their enemy. <laughs> is yes. basically, I think they're just. So maybe there's part, you know, politics in there. Unfor- you know, I don't know if it's unfortunate. I, I don't, I don't like InfoWars. I Fighting just against the that. mainstream liberal media, Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. I need to go on a tiny rant here. When media people say mainstream media and members of the media, like they're excluding themselves, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yep. And it just Well, bothers. no, it's members of the mainstream media. See, so... Oh, you have that qualifier. They're putting themselves as the outsider to help spread that uncertainty and... Right. Distrust. No. Death. Uh, what's the D again? <laughs> uh, uh, doubt. Doubt. <laughs> I doubt you're going to get it next time I, either, Bob. I doubt it too. <laughs> So um, let's play a little um, alternate reality. This so, is making me sad inside, just for the record. Hopefully, we're not we're not making it too awkward for the listener either, because yeah, we're, we got some hard hitting questions here, and we quite frankly we don't have the answer, and I don't expect Apple, Google, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube 
to have the answer either. I want to be but clear. Please on that. hang on to the end of the episode because, like every episode of Bob and Kevin show, we will actually reveal the big solution to the problem. Yes, uh, <laughs> probably not really, but no. we won't. <laughs> um, so it's the year 2018, and we have um, a, a you know alternate reality. You know, Marty McFly accidentally touched himself okay this is terrible <laughs> okay um we're on the alternate timeline oh my god this is uncomfortable <laughs> wait and, how did marty mcfly touching himself get us to the alternate well timeline? i was like you know like he interacted is what i really meant to say not touched himself like back in the 50s <laughs> and we're on, he touched the flux capacitor oh my you know gosh saying, and here all, right, all i'm trying to say is it, <laughs> you know how would how would Nazi Germany use today's platform? And I think they would use it the same way as Infowars and some other groups are using it. And I and we would all look back and say, well, of course the Nazis were hideous and horrible. Well, not all, well, some people don't, which is mind blowing to me. Um, and then we had Joseph Goebbels, the chief propaganda minister. I almost think that modern day propagandists are still spitting some of the old playbook from the world war ii time would youtube twitter and all those folks ban them too and i would think the answer is yes right so if they would ban them they would would do it eventually they would do it eventually because if they're using the same playbook and i'm just going to point out you might as well just swap out world war ii nazi germany for modern day russia in this alternate timeline because it's all the same thing. You know, you create these fake communities, whether it be on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, and drive the dialogue with the FUD. Mm-hmm. And you have, you know, actors, which it could be, it's probably not InfoWars, but I guarantee you there's a network out there and it's probably small and budding or even medium sized and better than budding that is totally driven by that propaganda machine that you're referencing. Same so- so if I want to influence the 2020 election, Bob, here's how I will do it. I will create a botnet that does exactly that. I will create a bunch of uh, social media accounts. I will uh, respond to every time real uh, Donald Trump uh, says something, and I will say, good job, blah, blah, blah. You're the man. RT we love the hell you. Out of it. Yep. I would, yep. And so I would have thousands of accounts that uh, praise him, and I have thousands of accounts that do the opposite. Because my job here is to erode trust. I don't have to convince you of any single thing. All I have to do is get rid of the trust that you would have for him. Now, I think he does a good job of getting rid of it himself, to be honest. But that's exactly what happened in 2016, and it's exactly what's happening in 2018. But, and it's going to happen again in 2020. My plan's not done yet. So uh, I, I'm creating all this confusion and all this hate. Because what what actually means I'm doing a great job at influencing election is now that I get real humans to interact with my bots and have an emotional response and start forming an opinion. And now I have real humans that create these real groups who hate X and it's because X is actually not real potentially. It's literally fake news. I don't want to agree (laughs) with my fearless president, but there's plenty of fake news out there <laughs> and it's not the fake news he talks about. He, uh, he's, he's weird, right. but we can, we can all we have to do is create misdirections. And as soon as we get real humans believing in these misdirections, mission accomplished. There were bots in the 2016 election cycle that got real people to create real organizations locally and have rallies and parrot the propaganda that was put out by the bot networks. Amen. It so, already happened. <laughs> yes, it did. It will happen again. I don't care what, it's what already the, happening. the authorities say, oh, we're going to stop on Facebook. So we're going to stop this. Okay, Facebook, give me a list of all the fake accounts. You can't do it. Because um, you could have a real person behind that account yep. doing the same thing. How yep. do you know the difference? You don't. It doesn't have to be a bot. It just has to be an actor. You can buy people from uh, Bangladesh to become mechanical Turks and just sign up and be followers on your Instagram. Why couldn't you just have those same people um, (laughs) just say, hey, whatever they say, just negate it. That's all you got to do. (laughs) Shout out to my boys at Pied Piper, mechanical Turks. (laughs) Daily active users. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> great show by the way yes. um so this is a heavy show so far and i just want to be clear um uh the state of censorship and social media is in a really bad spot i think and i don't know that these big tech companies who are just like buying teslas like or at least pre-ordering them like left and right because they have so much money i don't know that they have the answer and that's scary so let's take this out of the technology realm for a second and i'm going to share what's going on in my hometown currently so we have a small group of naysayers that are pretty much against everything that the city council does. And they actually circulated a petition to get something on the referendum this fall, a referendum this fall to eliminate home rule, which is basically something that allows our local government to help our town to be better when the state of Illinois is pretty much busted. And everybody I think knows that in the United States, uh, outside the U S my state is a mess. Anyway, these people, gathered the signatures the old-fashioned way because that's what you have to do when election cycles come around. But they gathered the signatures using face-to-face deception, lack of information, and FUD to get more than the signatures they required. After the things were turned in via social media, some truths were revealed that weren't revealed in the signature gathering phase. And the number of people in my community that came forward and had the balls enough to raise their hand and say, I was duped was staggering. And the question, so here's the weird thing. The question that's going on the ballot is almost a double negative situation. So you have to vote no to keep the positive thing. And the way the situation is worded, it feels weird voting no, but that's what you have to do to keep it. So there's all kinds of this like subtle manipulation, social engineering, brainwashing, if you will, because we came up, we talked about that definition earlier. And it's like, but in a regular society, like they almost check the boxes of getting banned on some of the social media that's out there now. But like, this is an IRL kind of situation. It's so weird. So do you know what's, uh, what's dawning on me? So Facebook... 2 billion users, 4 billion eyeballs, I think if the math is right. Um, <laughs> On average. <laughs> so when you, they're very good at scaling infrastructure, but what they can't do very well is write a script that says, you're fake, you need to be banned. And they can't do hall monitors in a script form. You know, they can't just write some sort of AI that says, oh, you are good and you are bad. I mean, hell, we're humans. We can't even put it right. in words on what's good and what's bad. So while they're good at scaling technology, they can't scale their hull monitor or their set, their monitoring of things because you just you just can't hire that many people because you certainly can't write the scripts to do that, and you certainly can't hire a million Facebook employees to keep track of the two billion. And oh, by the way, that's increasing. Well, maybe not so much anymore. But how, I mean, I don't see how Facebook is going to fix this problem anytime soon. YouTube, same problem. They have these automated things that censored us. Uh, and of course we are like softball league, you know, compared to anyone right. else that who really needs to. We had a hundred subscribers. <sighs> we were banned for 30 days. Uh, thanks YouTube only to find out that we shouldn't have been banned at all, but I digress. Not bitter really. <clears throat> Not at all. Um, <laughs> So Twitter, they just got rid of 50 million fake accounts, right? Um, they, yeah. they did a purge. But, you know, you think that's going to be the last of it or you think they got them all? Hell no. No, and I bet you the next wave is going to be smarter and they're not going to be, you know, white eggs. They're, you know, they're going to be more legit. So how do we solve the problem? I mean, because this is like the modern problem, you know, uh, uh, just you know in the 80s and the 90s you have like people stealing your your phone bill and putting charges on it's called cramming or whatever it was here it is the year 2018 people are creating all these fake social media accounts um and we really don't have a way to stop them do we <laughs> i mean it's reactive no and it's also but it's shaping the reality of so many people though like that's the crazy part so um is social media evil, Bob? Oh, I think it's, I mean, I think the big picture, yeah. 
I think unless you know how to use it as a tool, but then at the same time, it's like, oh my gosh, like how, I don't often retweet. I don't often retweet stuff with messages. Um, I will retweet, you know, like personal, you know, go get them. If you're a programmer and you think it's bad to use Google, you know, you're not alone. You should definitely be okay with that. Like those kind of things. I don't think mm-hmm. there's any harm in those, but I definitely pause when there's something related to a social, political, economic topic, because I don't know all the facts. But the problem is, does anyone actually know all the facts? Who does? So we've just established that social media is shaping the real world. I mean, that's that's like duh. <laughs> yeah. And then um we also, you know, let's let's sprinkle in, if you will, the fact that Facebook knows way too much about every one of its users. And you know, we've decided that Facebook is now making moral decisions on what is good and what isn't good. Does that play out in the future to um, extend to a user somehow that based on your collection of activities, interests, and what groups you, you, you um, belong to, can they, should they start banning people based on like minority? It's like, I feel like it's minority report, ban people before they do something. Right. So if you've looked at a collection of articles about X, you might be predisposed to believe Y. So therefore we're going to cut you off from this platform. Right. So is that, is that the 20 years from now, Facebook, if Facebook's even still around? But, uh, hey, uh, full disclosure, I really hope Facebook implodes on a, under its own weight. That's just it's me. not going to, it's going, I mean, that's where Black Mirror, I think, gets exactly right. It might not be called Facebook, but the, the machine is already running and it can't be stopped. Like something is going to be shaping our social reality from this point forward until, until we're back to sticks and stones. And we so, don't have computers. So we had a discussion on Twitter, albeit a very short one. If, if you're not posting on one of these platforms where should you post? And we talked about RSS as being like the, if you want to broadcast your own independent feed, here it is. But the problem is, is nobody's going to see it. And that's why there's the appeal of Facebook, Twitter, you know, these kind of uh, conglomerated platforms, because you know, there's people and there's traffic there. Whereas if you say, you know what, we're going to go rogue, we're going to do it on our own. Here's our own website. You basically get lost in the ocean, don't you? So what's your alternative if uh, you want to break the cycle for yourself? (sighs) (laughs) sorry heavy question it is a heavy question but it's the crux of it all because when we talk about would we would we ban an alex jones an Infowars, off of our network if we had network Ooh, i have an answer but you may not actually um expect it would you like to do it now yeah go ahead i'm asking the question because that's really kind of why we came here so i'm gonna give i'm gonna give you out both sides of my mouth unfortunately so on one hand, I would be like, hey, this is a really controversial person. This person's going to bring traffic to my RSS feed that gets no hits. And I can look at that and go, hmm, I can stand to gain off this asshole, <laughs> to, be, to be frank. You know, I don't have to agree with anything he says. I just need to have him on, give him the microphone, spout his hate, knowing full well that my analytics go up. Bam. So that's one hand. On the other hand, I go, no, this guy's pure, a purveyor of false flag and, uh, for lack of a better term, news smut. <laughs> you know, this is like uh, just filthy, trashy news thing, you know, whether it's real news, you know, he's entertaining or whatnot, and I don't want anything to do with him. So that's kind of like, well, I'm actually torn on that because as a fledgling Bob and Kevin show, I sure would like those views. And I think that's how other platform, that's how Alex Jones, I think, gets on other places. Hey, you're going to get me traffic. Come on over here, you big jerk. Right. Because after they took him down, you found several other channels that were still rebroadcasting his stuff. Right. And you know what? They wanted those views so they could monetize and they can check the box for YouTube. Say, hey, I've got this many views and over this blah, blah, blah. Um, So to give you a more direct answer, nah, I, I... I I would take a moral stand and I know you go poor taking moral stands, but I would go poor (laughs) if that's the case. I would not want him on the show. 
But see, that begs me for my own personal question is like, do I, do I appreciate a contrary view to my worldview? Like, do I need that in my life? Could you, could you separate the, that from the fact that you know he's getting you a bump? I mean, do you know that in the back of oh, your mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not considering the, the bump aspect at all. Like, I, I'm looking at it for me personally, like, so the collection of things that I follow. Like, I follow people that do not share any of the same beliefs, views, and actually probably are followers and believers in Alex Jones and uh, InfoWars. So... I like, I don't, I don't like it when I feel like I'm living in an echo chamber because I feel like I'm limiting my understanding of the world. But I'd, you know, like, and if you start kicking people off like a, an InfoWars and Alex Jones, I think all you're doing is you're perpetuating that there is going to be a dark web um, that, <laughs> that Alex Jones and his cohorts are on that, that other people will gravitate to and, and they will be in that complete echo chamber isolated from any contrary messaging. And then we will as well. And the division, I think FUD wins big time when that happens. Well, so I, would you agree that when it comes to be election time, when it feels like it's almost like more and more and more that you just kind of want to stay off Facebook because you got that crazy cousin or that, friend from high school that's always posting those memes of like really dude really but do you know what happened though the new newer facebook algorithm those people have all disappeared from my feed and i really? know they're out there i know they're out there but they're gone but, like but my what facebook, signaled that you don't want to you just don't interact with them is that that the thing i guess i wasn't i wasn't interacting with their posts i wasn't liking them i wasn't like angering them i was just like they were just there and now my Facebook feed is a complete. So before I deleted my Facebook, I would identify a few of those. And if you unfriend them, they get a, they know, right? You know, they know, but they had, they had another hidden option. It's basically, I think it's like unfollow. Yeah. So basically they're there. You can go find them if you want. You're still friends, but they won't appear in your feed anymore. I think I've only done that to one person and it wasn't because I had such a much of an opposition. That's of what why they were. you never responded to me. <laughs> no, <laughs> it wasn't that it was so much of a opposition of what they believed in. It was more about, they only, they only retweet, not retweeted, but they only like whatever you do on Facebook when you, they only shared stuff that was really, really like inappropriate and tons of disinformation. But I only did the one person and I have lots of others that, you know, have done it and behave that way, but they've totally vanished from my feet. So going through this exercise, I had a revelation that every political ad that I see that's negative um, is FUD. I now look at things and go, oh, that's FUD. Just ignore it. It's, it's total FUD. Just just change the channel right now. That's FUD. Like, you know, voice guy. Yeah. Did you this, know this was paid for by the council of people who love FUD? You know, <laughs> did you know the candidate B? hates puppies he <laughs> ate one for lunch just yesterday and you're gonna vote for him i don't think so then happy music yep. insert candidate over here right paid for the <laughs> company that loves candidate a dun, dun, so, so my point though is is everyone who who wants to attack your visceral your primal human nasty urges to want to you know just uh, they do FUD and politicians and PACs and super PACs. They're the worst at it. And that's why I think, and this is just crazy. They should probably ban anything political from social media, <laughs> like, like candidates, but that'll never happen. There's just too much money again, hypocrisy, right? Well, we would ban them because they are actually just like this group. We just banned over here, but we don't make money off Alex Jones. So it's easy for us to do where if we ban all these politicians, all that campaign finance money, well, that goes to somebody else. And we're just not willing to do that. Yep. The almighty dollar. Mm, no, that's yeah. probably a really good place to thank our special guest, Alex Jones. I'm Kevin Scray being on the show tonight. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Alex. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Hopefully we get a bump uh, from your presence so yeah <laughs> interdimensional right. child molesters with me tonight thanks all Alex right Jones. 
I have no idea where we're at on time on this. Um, we're, we're at that magical hour. All right. So I think we only have one more order of business, Bob. If uh, you want to go ahead and. Uh, Alex Jones is going to break the lightning. 